Warning, the Shuckle Up Podcast is a podcast created by two ex-degenerates that think they know sports gambling and spent their younger days breaking bookies and never hedging. We are not experts on anything and everything we say should be taken with a grain of salt. We do not condone illegal sports gambling and all gambling should be done responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shekel Up Podcast, a podcast where brothers become rivals and best friends stay uh, stay best friends because that's that's the way this is working. Because sometimes you just have to be the lone wolf in situations, and it's one of those times. And I am one of those lone wolves, Anthony. <clears throat> K Mac back here with the Made on Ridgeway Sports Podcast. Back here for another one. With uh, football, so let's go. Oh, yeah, let's get it. Hunter Keister back again. You know what it is. It's the week of the game, and we got a lot to talk about. Let's go. Go, Blue. I'm ready. And we are ready, but before we get into that, we're going to do a little uh, – you guys ever play Uno? I'm going to pull out a reverse card. Uno. And we're going to go a little – I love yeah. Uno. Yeah, not not Dose. Not Dose, but Uno. You know there's a game actually called Dose? Nope. I don't. Nope. I don't know how to play it. I don't even know how it would work. You gotta. I, I know the only dose I know is Dos Equis. So that's uh, you know, the beer. You know, if Kurt's looking at the me like I have no idea. The, yeah. The old guy commercial with the. Yeah, the world's the world's most uh, interesting man or something yeah. like that. Stay yeah, thirsty, my yeah, friends. Yeah, that's super cool, dude. Yeah. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> I'm doing the baller. <laughs> And that dude's got some money, and all he does is sit there he, like. No, he, eh. he definitely does with the suits and everything. With the, the yeah. he is yeah. him. He's, he is him. So, yeah. So we're gonna pull the reverse card, and we're gonna start with NFL. <clears throat> now we also did a little out of uh, out of sync here. Normally we record on Wednesday. Uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, and because it's a Tuesday, there we have. I have a fresh, fresh perspective on a certain Monday night game against two heavyweights. And it looked like two heavyweights. You have the Kansas City Chiefs that are a pretty team for the most part. You know, they've been pretty over the years. They they're like they're like Muhammad Ali of, of football, you know. And the Eagles came in and they were Joe Frazier, the most unorthodox, weird style. If you guys know anything about boxing, Joe Frazier really fucked Muhammad Ali up because it was just an unorthodox style. Okay. <clears throat> We all know how that game started, and I, I don't. I don't. At this point, at this point, all I can say is, if I asked you guys, are the Eagles a good team? Are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? No, not the best Why team not? in the NFL, but they're good. Uh, why? I think that you can because you're going to say record. Look at their record, right? And I would say that. I think that you can look at that. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess at this point, because you can almost – you. I keep wanting to say it can only last so long, right? But now we're in the week 11, right? And they're 9-1. and one. So are they up there? I guess you have to put them up there. But are I, the dolphins I don't know. Still I just, blowing, are, are the Dolphins still blowing people out? No. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, no. They, yeah, they're doing – no, that offense, Tyreek Hill went off last week. Yeah, I'm just saying. 
Dolphins are a good team, top team in the AFC. They okay. go into Kansas City. Whether you like how it looked, they come out with a W in Kansas City. Okay, so so if you're flexing not, the Miami win, but no, I'm not, played, I'm not flexing. You said they're better than they looked. But to answer your first question, yes, Philly is a good team, but I can't tell you who the best team is right now. That's that, but but why you not? Can argue them, but. Why I'm not? just saying, why not the Eagles? Why are the Eagles not the best team in the NFL? It's because it's a very interesting question, especially when I relate it to f- people outside of people who aren't Eagles fans. And nobody can give me a straight answer on why they're not. And I can give you 120 different reasons of why they are. I mean, that's a fair argument. But you can do that for a lot. Of, you can do that for I the mean, top I three could, or four teams I could, in the NFL right now. You could. I could argue Baltimore's better. How can you okay argue me that? Because Jalen Hurts wins at quarterback. They have better receivers. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have Hurts over Lamar. This Lamar, season, Lamar is fourth in MVP voting and MVP ranking when it comes to odds, and Jalen Hurts is one. But Hurts has more turnovers. So Hurts has more rushing touchdowns. Touche, touche. So I mean, I can't. I, uh, well, I can't really. Tell I'm not you trying to be cynical. I can't really tell you who's the I best see, I team see, right I see now. Your point, but Tony. I mean, it's yeah. I see your point. It's I'm not trying to be cynical. But like everybody says, no, the Eagles are not the best team in the NFL. But can never give me a team or a reason why. of yeah. why they're not. Uh huh. Right. Who are you gonna give me? They're, are you gonna give me Dallas? They just beat Dallas. Right. You gonna give me San Francisco? They dropped three in the row, which the Eagles have I mean, not we'll, done. We'll get to see that real soon. So. No, I know we'll get to see it, but even if San Francisco wins, does that make them the best team in the NFL or the best the best team that day? Because the Eagles will still have a better record. Jalen Hurts is still better than Brock Purdy. Time no, I'm just, I'm just saying in general. Like, I'm just trying to figure out because people will tell me that the Eagles are not the best team in the NFL, but can't tell me why. And I just thought it would be an interesting question to start off with since we're going to talk about the Monday Night Football. Do you want to be the best team right now? <laughs> That's a good question. And we're the best team. We want to be the best. Well, we we are the I best would, team right now, and we haven't even peaked. I would I would say they certainly have the best case for it, but I'm not. It's it's hard to put that one mean, team above say, everyone else. So when I say the best team in the NFL, do I mean like they're going to end up the best team? No, because nobody knows that. But right now, you can't tell me the Eagles are not the best team in the NFL right now. There's no other logic you can bring to this table. They have better stats on offense than a lot of, you know, a lot of people combined. And yeah, their defense is they're the 29th ranked pass defense, but they're the first ranked running running defense. Yeah. So I, I mean that might be skewed now because of the way Pacheco went off last night. But the only reason why Pacheco goes off is because that's all Kansas City has. Pacheco outside of Kelsey, to, and they proved that last to an night. Extent, to an extent, I mean that's why I lead the league and drops and they dropped the ball hella more times than I could count last night, but it was rainy, but still even Devontae Smith didn't drop him. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yes, that's what I, I'm saying. So yes, I, I, I get it. Philly is okay. No, I I'm mean, like, okay. See, he's rolling his eyes a little bit, but it's not, I'm not trying to toot the Philadelphia horn. I'm trying to bring, it's, it's a, it's a national conversation. It's been on every show today. So but it's the not media, me. The media always comes up with these. They want to grab your attention. They want to right, grab the I, headlines. 
And then when you go to Twitter, and I get you'll it. see it. I get it. They do have and nine you, wins, and no team has nine wins. So that's 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 fair. Right, but I can but bring up stuff more, other than the record. There's still more to see here. So right well, now, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I'm just right saying, now, like, yes. what what is it with people not wanting to give Philadelphia the credit of being right now the top team in the NFL, the best team? Because they've won so many close games where they haven't looked at like a good team. So they can close out games, so they're being punished for it. They're being punished for not looking the greatest. Oh, so you have to look pretty. Where they really haven't. So you have to look pretty. That's their take. So that's you have their to look, take so that's their look, on it. Well, let me let me ask you. You said, to be the best. You, you, said, to be, you, you said multiple times that they have won ugly games, so they're yeah. just. That's what they're but they, going they off. They won of. though that yes. one ugly game. So at, at the, that's what I'm saying. Who they are is a gritty team that wins ugly games. That's who their identity is. Unlike no, Kansas City, me, I know Kansas City doesn't have an identity. They don't know who they are. They're a guy with Patrick Mahomes and the best coach in the NFL. You, they don't know what they speaking, are. speaking, they don't have an identity, but their defense right. has been pretty good this year. Right, the defense does, but the defense can only do so much. We see that with a lot of teams like the Jets and, and Pittsburgh. If your offense isn't clicking, then you're not going anywhere. And nope. unfortunately for Kansas City, they in the last four games, they've scored five and a half points in the second half. Yeah, they're one of the worst second half offenses as far as scoring goes, and they didn't even score last night. Philadelphia is six sixteen in the second half, and what they do last night, they score two touchdowns in the second half. They're a gritty, grinded out team. Doesn't look pretty, but I'll tell you what: if that's a Super Bowl, if that's a Super Bowl rematch, and they win like that in the Super Bowl, are people going to say, you know what? They're they really weren't the best team on the field that day, and they won a very ugly game. They're not Super Bowl champions. They're not the best team in the league. The result is all that matters. I mean, correct. I watched that game and um, I felt like Philly got outplayed, but in the second half mm-hmm. they were able to stick in it. I mean, they allowed five sacks in the first half, and Hurts uh, had a bad reception. That was like a complete miscommunication. But um, yeah, so the yeah AJ Brown Hurts didn't see AJ Brown with with five dudes in his face. He didn't see AJ Brown say change the route, change the hot route. So he threw yeah. the regular route. So it's not like Hertz was completely off. He just thought AJ Brown was running a different route. Yeah. Um, but no, that was, that was a pretty solid game. But um, like you said, Philly made the plays down the second half of that stretch to win it. And Holmes uh, just they they can't they can't catch the ball, man. They cannot catch the ball over there. Yeah, well, and that's that's what happens when you pay your quarterback. That's what I lived with. Like people under, want to know why Andy Reid got stale here. Well, yeah, you have a good. Once you get a quarterback, once he gets his quarterback after the first like four years, it gets a little stale because then they can't pay any of the receivers. So you get people like you get one year, one or two years with Terrell Owens, you know Tyreek Hill, and then you get you you get Jason Avant. And Riley Cooper, and you know, just these these guys that can catch and play, and the quarterback's good enough to get them the ball. If they hits their hands and they drop no, it, then no true threats, though. So yeah, no, that's. I just thought I would ask because I'm a Philadelphia fan. I'm like, I think they're the best team in the league. I don't. They're not the prettiest, but you know, it's a fair take for right now. It's a and, fair and, take and for that's right what now. I said. And my question to people who think that it's not is what I asked you guys. Okay, well then, give me right. who. And tell me why them, you know. So thought it was, thought it was interesting. So yeah, as as I uh, pr- cardiac arrest last night, like I said, uh, 
And then and then the play calling. The offensive coordinator is probably going to be the reason why they lose any playoff games. If they do lose playoff games, you cannot. My man is out here playing Madden. He's out yeah, here playing Madden. Be, it was bad. You do one bubble screen to the left, and it got blown up, almost Terrible. intercepted. What? Almost intercepted, and then he basically hit the little. If you play PlayStation, he hit R one on flip? the. The he, hit the, just, he hit the flip button and did it to fucking Julio Jones on the other side. I, 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 wow. I just Julio didn't Jones. understand some Julio of those. Jo- oh, yeah. Do you guys even use him at all? Does he play much? I forgot about uh, Every him. now and then. Every now and then. And then, Kurt, you know the bomb the bomb to Devontae Smith that I, I told you about that I just mentioned, right? That was actually yep. a checked play. Did, yep. you, did you hear about that? That was a checked play. That's what, uh, Hurst, who knows what that fucking bullshit play would have been. It was probably a run with – it was probably a run to – Fucking Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, Hurst checked out of the touchdown pass? No, he checked out of whatever play and threw the bomb to Devontae Smith that got them the, the go-ahead touchdown. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. play by him. When, when your OC won't call it, sometimes you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, but I just I just was curious. Like, I know the Eagles are my team, so, like, on this podcast, people are probably like, God, he talks about the Eagles a lot. But they are the top team in the NFC, so they're going to be talked about. And, th- and there was a game as far as, like, you know, the, the Chiefs are favored to still go to the Super Bowl, regardless of how bad they are. Um, they bad they look, you know, all despite all their flaws, because why? They got the best coach in the NFL, and they got the best quarterback in the NFL. And so they're always going to be talked about in the running. I personally, th- personally think, like, if they can get past this, an- this Mark Andrews injury, Baltimore could go because – this this is the first playoffs for Pat Mahomes where he might have to sleep in a hotel for the playoff games. Yeah, very well could. Yep. yep. I mean, not not the first one. He's probably good. They're probably going to win the division, so they'll get one home game. But I mean, right now, right now, it's Baltimore, Jags, KC. It's yep. Jags in two seed right now. Damn, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, they got some climbing to do. Not that they can't still do it, but. Trade deadlines up. Who are you going to get for receivers? You know, sure. and outside of Pat, Patrick, yeah, I mean, aside aside from signing somebody like off the waiver wire, I don't even know who would be available. But wonder if Riley Cooper is available. He might be able to catch <laughs> some stuff. Um, but yeah, no. So that that'll be interesting because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes haven't had to go on the road to win together yet. So that that'll be interesting. Obviously, the with the Bengals being out. You know they uh, don't. They're definitely not going to make a run. I mean, could Cleveland do it? I don't know. Not with a, not with that rookie quarterback. So that looks like as long as the Ravens, the it's the division for the Ravens to lose. Now at this point, so yeah, pretty much. Uh, unless you think, unless you think your steel curtain can do it. Well. Uh, the Ravens actually have a pretty tough closing schedule the last four weeks, so anything's possible, but we'll see, we'll see, uh, how this develops now that, um, the cancer is gone, so. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Were you celebrating? Were you blowing whistles today? I tried doing a backflip, but I couldn't do it, but, um. I, I called him and he was screaming. I called him, like, right when the news broke, because I was, I found it out from work and then got... Let out. I called him great, to see how he was feeling. It's been a great. And he Tuesday. was screaming. It's been a great Tuesday. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be. You know, you know, he's he's probably prime for the Canadian Football League now. You know, with that last name. Oh, oh yeah. Please. 
Yeah, you get and Detroit. Detroit doesn't help the you know they don't they don't uh, help the Eagles. They win again this weekend, and at don't least they got over. some breathing room now because Minnesota ended up losing to Denver. Uh, I thought Justin Jefferson was going to be back that game. So yeah, it looks he, like that he. he it, I thought he was back. Is he like no. playing and not playing, or like he never came back at all? He never came his, back, and then he's questionable play this week already. They said so. I doubt he comes back. I don't think wow. he is because I think what Minnesota said is they got Chicago, which they think is going to be an easier game, and then they got, got a bye week. week. So you might as well rest Jefferson and have him yep. come through for the last you know December stretch. stretch and win some games. Um, so yeah, that's I. I don't think they're not going to win this division, man. Detroit just. They're, I mean, you know, and everybody's talking about the way that the Eagles look as far as winning and stuff like that. Let's look at the Lions for a second. Three interceptions. They might have the number one seed. If the Eagles lose out, they might have the number one seed. And you got a quarterback yes. who threw three interceptions and won a last minute field goal. The NFL set a record with five last minute go ahead walk off field goals this week. Wow. Like, and that's that was not the week that's, before. No, that was this week. Okay. So. I think they set one last week, but then there was more. These aren't these aren't just winning by field goals. This is this is go literally kicking the field goal to win the game. Like you're down. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a walk off field goal. We had five of them this week, and that set an NFL record. This whole year, I think, in the NFL has been gritty and ugly for everyone. There is no pretty team. Nope, not really. It, it might have been the Dolphins at first. And then they stepped over. I mean, they did, right? It looked smooth at first. It looked like a nice, well-oiled engine. And then it kind of like it got a little rusty. It found a little bit of rust spot in it. Faded. So I, the whole NFL isn't pretty this year. I mean, it, it's it's quite it's kind it's it's really mediocre. crazy because you. Tom Brady yeah. called it mediocre, and he was right. Shut up, Tommy. Go back. Go do your TB12 shit. Woo! He's out of the game. You just be quiet. Go do your thing. Go go back ah. to Giselle. Bah. What? Bah. Oh, goat. Bah. He can be the he can be the goat. He can just be the goat doing something else. He he should be worried about fixing the Raiders since he's a minority owner. Is he a minority <laughs> owner? Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh yeah. You never know. He might might maybe he does like a John Elway thing and actually owns the Patriots. Maybe he goes in and buys out Robert Kraft. That'd be well, that'd be nuts. <laughs> Or he repl- he's a, he's the guy wild. that replaces Belichick. That would be now that Trippy. would be fucking <laughs> funny. Trippy. Like if he walked in there and you know you know the GM I'll, says, or he becomes I'll the GM him. of the Patriots, and he's like, "Hey, Bill, you're fired. Get out." That would that would be wild. But uh, so did you guys do okay in the NFL last week? Besides uh, some of the other stuff, I know uh, I know uh, me and Kurt were on Philadelphia. So honestly, it was a bad NFL week, a bad week. Yeah, yeah. I took, yeah. I took, I took, uh, I took Cleveland last week, and ended up mm. hitting. Me and you went head to head on that. So I know you took Pitt. Uh, yeah. What else did you take last week? Uh, Baltimore covered. Detroit didn't cover. Uh, Denver didn't cover. The Eagles covered. We took the Jets, and they got smacked. And uh, Seattle didn't cover, and the Texans didn't cover either. Or did they? Was it sixteen to twenty-one? If it was, then it oh. covered. But I thought so. Yeah, sixteen. Okay, so they covered because it was four and a half. So 
Three dubs. Three dubs. Yeah, I ended up hitting with the Bengals, Cleveland, and then you're right, the Lions didn't hit. And then uh, what was the final score to Denver and Minnesota? One-point game. 21-20, Denver won. Okay, so I hit I hit on that because Minnesota was a plus two and a half. I hit on Philly, uh-huh. and then uh, I hit on the L.A. Ram. I I pushed with the L.A. Rams because that was a one point win, also, wasn't it? It was. Yep. yep. And, so and that's, L.A. That's just a push, then. Okay. Yep. And then I took Houston at minus four and a half, and they covered. Yep. And then I whiffed on the Jets. <laughs> So I, I had a pretty was, good week. I mean, I, yeah. I went I, two. I only missed on two. So mm-hmm. I thought Minnesota would win outright. I, I took them with the points, but, you know, I was, it's all about that Denver point spread, baby. Keep scraping by. Five dubs yeah. in a row. Good week for me, though. I'll take it, you know. But this week, you know, we got Thanksgiving, you know, and, and we're giving thanks to all these teams and all the money they're losing for us. You know, these bastards. Um, and, you know, what do we get, guys, on, on Thanksgiving? We get Thanksgiving football games. Yay! Oh, now, yeah. do, you guys sit, do you guys stay in front of the TV all Thanksgiving pretty much? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, the way my family does Thanksgiving, we do it Wednesday night. So, usually I just have leftovers, and, and then if I'm off work, I'm usually just in front of the TV, and now with sports betting, it'll be even worse. But there's actually there's a lot of stuff going on Thanksgiving Day. Um, there's a big college basketball matchup, one of the first of the year um, yeah. of that magnitude. So there's there's some good sports on all day, just Thanksgiving Day wise. So be a lot to do. Keep us well, busy. I'm, keep, I'm keeping an eye definitely out, obviously on football all day because one, you got Detroit at Green Bay. Or no, I've Green Bay at Detroit. My bad. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then, so that has to do with the the rankings in the NFC. And then Washington at Dallas. Now I know that's a heavy point spread for that one, but you know we'll talk about that when we get to it. And then of course San Francisco taking on Seattle in Seattle. So I mean it's it's got a lot of NFC implications for me. So I'll be watching, watching intently because worst come to worst, I'm scouting to see if the Eagles can handle some of these guys. But. Um, we'll talk about it. Let's get into these Thursday games, man. Yeah. We got, like I said, Detroit and Green Bay is the first one, and Detroit is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you guys think? Does Detroit cover? They didn't cover kicking the eight-and-a-half last week. Yeah, kicking off at 1230, Green Bay on the road after they won a close game over the Chargers. Um, these They, they played back earlier in the season. Detroit pretty much handily won that game. Um, yeah, and that was in Green Bay. Correct. I think it was like twenty-four to ten. Um, yeah, that was the one where I, I was laughing at you because you had so much love for Jordan, and I was like, yes. "You're just like you think Detroit." I, I said, "No, I don't." <laughs> I I'm probably I think man, I this this season week to week has been so hard to guess, and I feel like. With these division games, you don't really know what's going on. It's a Thursday game, and Thursday games are always weird. So I'm, I probably I'm going to go with Green Bay plus seven and a half, but Detroit still wins it. You know, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I don't think I mean Green Bay got their butts kicked in last time. I don't know if they're going to sit out idly by, but I also don't think if there's much they can do to put up a fight as well. Like I still don't believe in Jordan Love. It's not like he's gotten much better over the season since then. Um, 
And I believe, what's coincidentally, I believe that was a Thursday night football game as well. It was. It was. So here we are, another Thursday. That's weird, playing Green Bay on <laughs> both Thursdays. But um, but I think after being all, all you know, being uh across the uh across the country and then coming back, that might you know give him a little bit of a toll on an early week. You know, you're talking about a little bit of jet lag, and it was a hard fought game. I mean, it was a high emotional game. So, you know, I and and it's funny because Detroit was up. I was watching. It was like twenty one to like three or something like that. I'm like, all right, this game's over. I kind of started flipping. and I flipped back, and Detroit's fighting for their life. Yes. Yep. With a go ahead so touchdown, like, right. running the ball for a game winner. But that's just who the Chargers are. They can score. It's just their defense that's not really any that's not helping the Chargers out. And that Definitely offensive not. line for Herbert, dude, the Chargers are like the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. Like they just don't care about offensive line. No, they, they get yeah. they get everything else. They get everything else, and then they just don't touch offensive line. Don't, don't and then Herbert just trenches. gets thrown to the woods. I mean, I think he could kill. play better at times, but it's always Herbert this, Herbert that, Herbert this. I'm like, oh line where, oh line where. It's I can't believe he wants. No but it's just. I know he got his money, but I can't believe he wanted everything. his money. He wanted his money from that team, and he, they, that's what the, that's what the Chargers are trying to do. They're so used to like Philip Rivers and shit like that, like <laughs> like having a quarterback, and it's like, oh, we don't got to do anything else. And, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fine. But then, so so they give Detroit a hard time, and I think only because one golf fucks up a little bit, and the Chargers can still score. Green Bay can't score, so I don't know, man, because Detroit environment now is probably going to be nasty, so but I still, they didn't cover the eight points. I think division game, close, you know, at home, revenge. I'll take Green Bay with the seven and a half. What do you think, Hunter? Well, I think that I've been looking into these Thanksgiving games a little bit, just see what I can find. And I had, I did see that the Lions haven't won a Thanksgiving game since 2016. However, they play in them, you know, one of the most in the NFL, what the most I believe in the NFL for Thanksgiving games. Yeah. And they haven't won one since 2016. I think this is a good spot for them to get back. Um, I thought that that it would have been a really bad look ahead spot. And then especially how the game played out. If the Lions lose that game, I think they kind of tailspin. But the Lions fans have been saying it's a new Lions team, and I'm kind of starting to believe it. And this last week really showed me that because, yeah, they started off really well. But, yeah, they, they allowed Chicago to come back, almost take over the game. And to me, any Lions teams of old lose that game. They find a way to lose that game. And the Lions this year, they're just they're playing oh, better football. They're playing team football. And they haven't won a Thanksgiving game since 2016. I think they kind of they got to change the script somewhere if they're going to play on Thanksgiving so much. And in a year that they're doing better than they usually have, I'll take the Lions for sure to win. I don't know about seven and a half, though. I feel like that's a weird line. I'd like it if it was under a touchdown, but at seven and a half, that's a weird line right now. So, see if that has any movement on that. So, the Bears still managed to keep up in there, and then Green Bay does the same. Let's move on to the next one. Let's just, just yeah, let's keep yeah. moving. Let's keep rolling this ball yeah. into, like, Washington and Dallas. Ooh. Yeah, um, I believe this is the first time they're playing this year. So, it's a division game. Dallas minus ten and a half. That's a that's obviously a big line, but from what I've seen this year, when Dallas plays trash teams, they take it to them, and when they play good teams, they kind of quake. Except um, Arizona. So, 
Yep, yep. They they were salt quaking that one. Um, I like Dallas to cover minus ten and a half. Um, like I said, they when they play these bad teams, they just take it to them. Though that Carolina game was pretty close for about three and a half quarters, and they kind of really put them on, put it on them. And um, yeah, that's I don't just know, the man. Panthers Was- though. Yeah, Washington losing to the Giants. Eh, I don't know. Okay, so we have this funky thing in the NFC East. I don't know if you guys got it over there in the AFC North, but there's always a team in our division who gives us fits. Like the Eagles is Washington. For some reason, Washington just gives us fits. For, For Washington, it's the Giants. I don't know why. But the Giants always give Washington a hard time. Um, and for Dallas, it's Washington. You forget, don't forget, there have been years that Alex Smith, when Alex Smith injury happened that year, yep. They, yep. Kicked, they kicked Dallas out of the playoffs that year with a last oh, minute yeah, 20, win. I remember that. Yep, I remember that. And so, I mean, yeah, they, they split last year. I remember Dallas looked terrible against them that final week of the season. So I'm just going off what I'm seeing this year. And when Dallas plays a bad team, they just take it to them. That defense plays pretty good. So I, I like Dallas minus 10.5. But at some point, the thing is, like, the trend for them, it's got to stop, right? You would think, yeah. I mean, it is a division game. Anything can happen. Um, and Dallas is undefeated at home. They're like ten wins in a row or something crazy. I don't know. I, I haven't looked. I don't know the exact number, but they've won pretty good amount of games at home the past year and a half. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, Washington wasn't too good last year. Dallas is pretty much the same team. Washington won twenty six to six. Yeah. You know, so no, I, I mean, get it. I'm not rooting for Dallas to win, but oh I, yeah, yeah, I, no, I, no, I, 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 I hear you. I don't forget a couple years ago, forty one to sixteen. Washington wins. Dallas 3 to 25 Washington wins. I mean so like there's been games where Dallas should have just wiped the floor with Washington and all of a sudden it's, And I remember uh, a couple years ago they played on Thanksgiving and Washington wiped the floor with them. I remember that. It was 2020. And, and see and this is and this is this is what you got to look at too. Dallas is coming off of beating the ass, beating that ass the last couple games between the Giants and the Panthers, right? So what are they thinking? We're the fucking best team, right? Like, we, we look at the way we're fucking winning. Meanwhile, Washington's got to come back from getting spanked around yep. and go, you know what? Let's go take it out on these bastards over here. So yes. give me Washington plus 10.5. It's a short week for both of them. I get it. It's Thanksgiving game. Dallas is used to playing on Thanksgiving. It's going to be live in Dallas. Does Washington win? I don't know, but I don't think it's a 10.5-point 10, 10 win. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed they win. What do you think, Hunter? That's your that's your yeah. second favorite team. Yeah. At, at 11 points, I mean, I think you guys both make a good case, but I just like to think back to these. All these NFC East games are usually close touchdown games. Um, and Washington, I mean, you're right, Tony. Washington is Dallas's kryptonite. And you, I, I mean, I remember you know, growing up, I watched Washington – have no business playing with Dallas and give them games or just flat out scrape them, you know. And uh, it really has been Washington. If one of them is able to give Dallas fits, it has been Washington throughout the years. And at 11 points, I think that, you know, the last four games before this 
previous week for Washington were all like three point losses to some pretty decent competition. And, you know, they, they go out, they, they play a bad one against the Giants. I think I'm going to go with Tony here. I like the, I like the rebound. I think Dallas probably wins on Thanksgiving, but by 10 and a half, 11, I think I'll take Washington with 11. If not, we'll all be napping after dinner, you know what I'm saying? Or after lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah after <laughs> oh. that game. <laughs> yeah. We'll be like, all right. This one's over. All right. Time, time to see you. <laughs> And then, uh, so for our next one, uh, we're heading out west. Uh, Seattle versus San Francisco. So San Francisco is in Seattle, and San Francisco it looks like they're back on track for the most part. They're the most, I don't know, bipolar team. Like they're the most bipolar good team that I've seen. At least the, the Eagles are just—they just got anger. Like they're like like they need anger management. Like they're just grimy gritty. They want to just do all that stuff. San Francisco's bipolar. They're like one minute they're losing three, the next minute they're winning three. Um, Seattle's a seven-point underdog. There, that is a highly disrespectful Seattle line. In Seattle, that is a by the very way, very disrespectful line. And I am taking the Seattle Seahawks because that twelfth man and Geno Smith. I know Kenneth Walker didn't do much last game, and I get it. He I, got hurt. I, you know, but did he get hurt? Okay, I, yeah. I have him in fantasy, he got, and he only got me he like got two hurt points early in that game. Is uh, do we know if it's serious? They're both questionable. Him and Geno are questionable. I'm looking at it right now. So that might be the line, but if they're questionable, they're going to try to get in this game because they still have playoff hopes, like and aspirations, like they they can still win this division. Yes. So they, they have to play. Especially they win here, they're tied. They're tied for first place. And they maybe they got did, did Gino get pulled last week too, or did he end up playing through it? Well, he ended up coming back from that elbow injury during the game. Okay, so he's gonna he's gonna play, and I think Kenneth Walker probably makes a comeback. Maybe they pull him last game. Just to kind of yeah. save him for this well, one coming up. All right, so Gino, Gino played a bunch. He played. He threw thirty four times. He's more of a lock to play. I think. I'm looking at it here, and Kenneth Walker only rushed four times. So could it have been precautionary for this big game? Yeah, but I don't know. That don't look too good, especially if he's still questionable and he only got four rushes. Yeah. Well, because when well, he got hurt, they took him out immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in like, they did. Did they say anything? Was he standing on the sideline, or did they take him completely off the field, like in the back? Do we know? No, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't, I don't really think they dove. I was watching. I was watching that game on Red Zone. I don't really think they dove really a whole lot into that injury. Okay. Well, I still think Seattle, even without Kenneth Walker, is good enough. To, I mean, you got DK Metcalf out there still, and you got uh, Tyler Lockett. He's still a good receiver, and you know, it's in Seattle. On top of it, so. Give me Seattle plus seven. Do they win? Maybe. I hope so. Actually, I kind of don't hope so. I hope San Francisco wins. I really don't want to play a pissed off San Francisco after the Bills. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. And you got to so. get in the Bills at the right at the wrong time because it looked like Joe Allen might have at least made a comeback of some sort. Joe Allen. <laughs> nah, he didn't make no comeback. Trust me. That the Bill. We'll talk about that later. So then, well, what do you, what do you think? You guys, um, you know, I I really want to take Seattle with the points, but I almost feel like the entire world is going to see that line and be like, "Ooh, Seattle at home plus points," and uh, and then with the questionable injuries, kind of has me thinking as well. Do the Niners have an edge with with that? Here's the thing: <laughs> um, Do you want to jump on it early and hope that them two play? Because if they if it comes out that them two are playing it playing that line will change obviously. 
Yeah. So do you want to jump on it true. early at plus seven, yeah, if, thinking that they're yeah, going to play? I think, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the – I think especially for the money, Let, for the value, yeah, especially let's, right now. Let's take the actual – like let's go gambling aspects to it as opposed to like football logic, right? And the gambling Guess aspect is, is okay. Win? If you want – you can wait if, if most people want to wait till Wednesday night, and if it stays that line, and then put your money in on San Francisco. I still think that's a heavy line being in Seattle, but it's not a bad line. Or you can put your money in, and then Geno Smith, and then play, and then that line goes down to three and a half, or maybe even two, and you just bought seven points, you know, and everybody else got to buy the two. Yeah. Um, so. Last year, the 49ers beat them three times. and um, That playoff game was such a good game, though. Yeah, no, that one was pretty close until that fumble in the red zone happened, and then all momentum shifted. Um, But the Niners had also a big injury happen. They lost their all-pro safety, Hafunga, for the rest of the season. What? Um, Yeah. Hafunga? Hafunga. Ooh, that, he's, he's a real supposed good to be like a Troy Palomalo Jr. He, he's pretty solid. But um, I, I I don't know. I didn't really like how Seattle played Sunday against the Rams. Maybe they look to bounce back here. I mean, you're going to need a big game out of Geno in that running game, and I still like the Niners' defense a lot. So I'm going to ride with the Niners minus seven, to be honest with you. Okay. Minus seven. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not I a bad it's a bet. So. game, but I mean, maybe it'll stay within seven. It'll be a push, but I just, you know, maybe Gino re-injures that. I mean, with that pass rush with Chase Young starting to get cooking a little bit, maybe maybe he gets re-hurt. I mean, I'm not gonna would, but and that's the other thing that kind of makes it less Short risky week. is it's yeah. The other thing that makes it less risky if you take Seattle is if like even if they don't play, there's a chance that there could be a. a late touchdown score to come back or whatever and then it stops at seven and then it's a push you know yep so, I feel like yeah. you're just, with with betting i just feel like you're almost generally better taking the points unless you're like overly confident in the team favored right right like that's what i'm saying like you got to be so like dallas fans are probably pounding the table and jerking off in a tissue with the ten and a half point line you know like that so he's like hey there he is what's this what is up, Brandon? So hey, uh, up? for those of you for those of you watching on YouTube uh and stuff like that, we have um my brother in law, Brandon. And he's gonna he's gonna work out. We were actually just talking about some NFL games before we get into college, Brandon. So um we were talking okay. about the Seattle. Seattle's a seven and a half point favorite, and then we talked about your we talked about your Dallas Cowboys being a ten and a half point favorite. Yeah, yeah. So, so as you can see, this is Kurt. He's one of And then Hunter. Hunter. What's going on, Brandon? No, nothing. I, I, I uh the pause got me. <laughs> the pause. Yeah, it's probably that, that data, the data and stuff like that. So yeah. uh we're looking at Pittsburgh and Cleveland or Pittsburgh and Cincinnati next. So what do you guys think? Um, minus one and a half for the Steelers is the current point spread. Um, we haven't played the Bengals this year yet, so I'm not really sure what to expect with the backup quarterback, and I don't really know what to expect offensively speaking with uh, Canada being gone. 
Um, I still like our pass rush against their offensive line. And I, I, I think we bounce back this week. We haven't lost back-to-back games this year. So I think we bounce back with a dub. All right. All right. We'll see. I, I honestly, I don't, I want to stay away from this game. If I have it, uh, gun to my head, it's at home. So maybe Cincinnati. But other than that, I don't think I, I, I don't care. Don't know. It's one of those kind of things, you know. Hunter? Fair enough. I'll take the Steelers. I think that the defense will be a little bit too much against a backup who hasn't played much. Uh, I think that. Um, I think the team as a whole is just kind of going to be having new energy and just kind of have more life with Canada finally being gone. Uh, I saw a compilation and Fire Canada literally went around the world to the Penguin Stadium, College Game Day. It was at uh, James Washington. Or that, it was at their stadium. Yeah. That thing went everywhere. Viral. So, I, you know, I saw so much about Pittsburgh never firing anybody in season. And I think that this was just <clears throat> the guy that they had yeah. to do it to. This was the first time since 1941 they've done such thing, such a thing. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. So. That's what I saw. So, I think uh, the Pittsburgh defense and uh, a rejuvenated offense that's probably a little bit happier to play football now. I think they get it done against the backup. All right, all right. Sounds awesome. I already know what time it is, you guys. It's Hunter's Hockey Hits. So, Hunter, hit us with a couple of those hockey bets, bro. Let's go. We are back with some hockey. Got the last pick right. Took the Flyers over the Blue Jackets. And uh, looking at some of this weekend's action, Boston takes on Columbus on Sunday, 7 p.m. Boston playing incredible hockey. Columbus, not so much. Columbus is 4-11. They're playing their backup, Spencer Martin, who, who's 1-5-1. And, and Boston's backup is 7-0-2. Boston is on the road in Columbus. I think Boston gets the win. I'll take the Bruins on the money line over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Awesome. Dude, Flyers are looking pretty good, by the way. Like I was looking at some of those, some of those guys. They got, a, I think they got some bad eggs out of that clubhouse, and now with the way the culture is changing there, I think it's actually good for them. So, yeah, the um, Flyers are really set up for. They're going to be good in a couple of years. They drafted somebody last year who, who won't be there for a couple of years, but it'll give them time to get better elsewhere. And I think the Flyers in a couple of years could be up and coming like they were in the early two thousands when they played Chicago in the Stanley Cup. Oh right. So here's what we're gonna do. Because I got Brandon here. And really, I was just buying time, you know, because I needed some backup. And I kind of lied to you guys a minute when I was going to do the reversal here. I wanted things to be even on this podcast. And let's get into the big game. All right. It's a little teaser. Got it. We hit some of the NFL games. I bought some time. And now we're going to discuss it. And it's going to be the only college game that we do this week, I think. The, the rest of the college slate is trash. And there's only one game that America cares about, right? It's the biggest game in rival. You know, it's the biggest, biggest thing, biggest rivalry in sports. We can, we can all concur to that. The game. Absolutely. No No question. No doubt. All right. So Ohio State is a three and a half point underdog at Michigan. That's a pretty low line. That's a pretty low line for Michigan. 
I figured I thought they would have came out a five point favorite. And I believe this line has went down in Ohio State's favor. It started at a four. Is that the public or is that smart money? Or is that um I could see you know the the such great you know, ignorant fan base that resides in Columbus. I don't know. They might be too drunk down there to actually they bet <laughs> to, to, to download the app and bet they might not pay attention to the lines too early for them. Um. Okay, so let's just let's just go. Who who are we going with here? Let's let's Kurt Kurt. You go first. Just tell me who you're picking. Straight up, who am I picking? Yes. Well, you know, I, 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 this game is always circled. 364 days begins the countdown to the next one. Um, you know, as they say, you keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. So I've, I have watched a lot of Ohio State this year because I always keep them in mind like, all right, this is where we can get them. I see, I have seen. A lot of times this year where they've been able to scrape by and I've seen teams just blow opportunities against the squad that Ohio State was able to overcome. Michigan, um, the past two weeks, you know, especially with that Maryland game, they were able to scrape by. That was not a good performance whatsoever. But I am going with Big Blue, Michigan, for the third straight year to win. Harbaugh's a big loss, obviously, on the sidelines, but um, I, I just I don't I don't see I don't see McCord being able to come into Ann Arbor and win a game where we haven't lost a game since 2020, which was the COVID season. Um, so I, I can die. We can keep diving in, but. There's both. I can I can give a reason why both teams will win, but I I like I like Michigan to win this with we're better in the trenches. JJ's better than McCord. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Aboka are better than who we have. Roman Wilson didn't even play last week because he got hit, cracked, and then they took him out precautionary wise. And um, defense, it's real close though. Defensively, it's real close. Um, I think Ohio State's really improved a lot in the trenches as far as that's concerned. I, I haven't really seen nobody really run on them like that. Um, but I just – I don't think McCord's that guy. And I know Stroud was a lot better than McCord. Okay. Hunter, do you have anything to add to that? Like are you, you – yeah. con- obviously you're a consensus. Yeah, obviously. I mean just, just quickly before we get into it more, I just – I think that – one thing that is is failed to mention is I would just say just to start it off, the teams are healthy and for the first time in you know since this rivalry has been back, I think we can say that this both these squads have as close to a clean bill of health as you're going to get. Maybe some nagging injuries here or there, but from a general perspective, the teams are healthy and I think that I think that this game, like Kurt mentioned, will be run one in the trenches. I think that. Um, the quarterbacks, obviously, when they do have to throw the ball, they're gonna. It's gonna mean a lot more. Um, but I think that 
one of the reasons, the main reasons why I think Michigan will win is because in years past, Michigan's played great defense and have not been able to give up a single play to a quarterback because the throw is going to be perfect every time. I think McCord will shoot himself in the foot more times than Michigan will really have to make him pay for. I see him miss a lot of balls that he just shouldn't miss, a lot of open ones too. So I think that where Michigan couldn't couldn't even be imperfect for a second against these quarterbacks, I think that McCord may be his own downfall. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. And so what? What as far as for you two, because obviously Michigan is your guys' team, so I want you to elaborate on a lot of this. So we, you tell me, like, what – how heavily, how handedly, like if you had to, like, is this back in the year, we thought that hands down, Michigan's going to win this right at the beginning of the year, just the way that it kind of looked. Is it, is it, is it by a lot of points by, and I guess by a lot, I mean, seven, are you, is it seven plus here for this game this weekend? I'm at, in, I'm in at your seven opinion? max. I'm at seven max. Either way. I think I'm at, I'm at seven max. Okay. Um, I could, I could, I could spin that narrative two ways because to me, if Ohio State does not stop our running game, it, this is a minus ten for me. But if they stop our running game, which I expect they will slow down, I don't expect, I don't expect Edwards to have two hundred yards again, which were obviously from really two big runs, which closed out that game last year. But I don't think Ohio State fans are forgetting. I don't think they're remembering that we didn't even have Blake Corum last year. Right. So that that's that's a big factor here. And I, I believe if Ohio State can limit our running game, which is the only way we've been winning the past few weeks, mind you, I think they'll slow it down and I think they'll keep it within a score. I, I truly believe that. Especially if JJ has a turnover or two. Okay. All right. Well that at least it's close, right? It's like it's not gonna be we're looking at a blowout. Now we're gonna move over to the other side here for a minute. And I'm going to go with my guest, obviously, for this evening that's going to help me out is Brandon. I want to get Brandon's opinion on this as my man, because my man is a, a big Ohio State fan. He probably knows oh, yeah. a lot about this. <laughs> and w- what do you what what do you think, brother? Like, what, what what do you think about this game as far as, you know, kind of how I told them to break it down? Why is why do you think Ohio State like I'm, I'm assuming like, what do you think? Do you think Ohio State can pull off? It is in the big house. And her, Kurt and Hunter made good points about it being in the big house and their record and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I know we're all fans here and we want our teams to win, but analytically speaking, what do you think about this game? I mean, I kind of share their same thoughts about this is going to be a, a battle tested in the trenches game. You know, that's big 10 football. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to can Michigan limit Marvin Harrison? And can Ohio State limit quorum? You know, just like uh, Kurt was saying, I mean, if that ground game gets going for Michigan, you know, it's probably all she wrote for Ohio State. But the thing that right. I really love about Ohio State this year was that, you know, they had to go on the road. They had to win a bunch of tough games like a Notre Dame. And I know a lot of people aren't giving Notre Dame a lot of respect right now because, the way that they've won some games and lost others that they should have won. Um, But it comes down to like, what can you do on the road? And Ohio state has proven that they can win on the road. And 
Also, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of McCord. Um, you know, JJ is obviously more experienced, so he has that going for him in Michigan. But I think uh, yeah. if there's one thing that McCord has done is he's stepped up in those tough situations, and for the most part, he's protected the ball. And I think that's really all that he needs to do in this game is just to get it to Marvin and protect the ball. And I even the best thing is that uh, Henderson is actually healthy to some degree and that, you know, he can actually get our run game going. And I think that's what we've been missing in the earlier part of the season. Okay. And that's, yeah, um, that, that's Brett. I actually want to ask a question real fast. I posed a question to Brandon. Mm-hmm. So, because I've I've just heard mixed mixed emotions on McCord as a whole on a scale of one to ten, especially as you go into the Michigan game. How confident are you as a fan that McCord can get Marvin Harrison the ball on a consistent basis? I'd say I'm probably about an eight. Honestly, I mean, if there's one thing okay. that I can rely on okay. is that he will get him the ball. Um, Okay. I would have liked him to get it to uh, tight ends more. I would like him to spread it around a little bit more often. Um, but Harrison okay. is. So you, the, you think he might might force feed him a little bit, just a little bit at least. I mean, he might. Being at that, you know, it's going to be loud up there. It's going to be loud and uh-huh. you know b- bigger than Penn State or Notre Dame was. I think it's going to be extra loud. It, I mean, if, of course, it's the game, so it's going to be loud. Um, I think that plays yep. a factor. Um, but like I said, you know, McCord has shown in few uh, games like the Notre Dame game. I know I keep bringing that up, but I mean, I just keep going to back to that as like during that entire game, I was questioning, can the, does this guy even have it? Do we have anything else, you know, in our backup? You know, what, what else can we do here? Like, cause I'm, I'm not sold on him, but I am sold on our defense. I am sold on Marvin Harrison. And if, you know, Henderson can get it going, then, yeah, I think we can win this game. All right. All right. Anything else for him, Hunter? Um, no, I think we'll let it keep going. And if I have any other questions, I'll just pop in and ask you guys like I did. Okay. So, all right. Now it's my turn. And I, <laughs> I, I, I've done, I've been doing, I've, I've dug deep. And I'm actually kind of shocked at some of these these stats because Ohio State actually beats out with having the quote. Can, okay, can we agree on one thing here? Has, has Ohio State had the tougher schedule? No, 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 no. no. By, Don't roll your eyes. Just one say yes game, or no. Yes. Like, by one okay. game, yes. By I'm one just, game, yes. Yeah, that's okay. my answer. But, but, but by we're one just saying, game, yes. Okay. By one game, yes. Okay. They no, I just want to talk about tougher schedule. Yes, I'm yeah. not trying to be. I'm. This isn't me being cocky or prick. I'm trying to break down some numbers for you guys. I know Hunter over there is getting mad. With that oh, said, God, I rolled my eyes because everybody <laughs> acts like they play such a hard but, schedule. But they I, haven't. But I'm not talking about ranking in the schedule and stuff like that. I'm talking about the production that both teams have put out with Ohio State having a harder schedule, right? Because okay. if Ohio State has a harder schedule and they allow more points than Michigan, is it okay that they allow, like, per, per game, points per game per Michigan? Do, do, do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, so that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, that, that's where I'm speaking the tougher schedule because there needs to be a little bit of leeway when we break down the statistics here, right? So, a little, a little microscopic. Because right. Because it's literally one, dip, one, one harder game than Michigan's played. Well, and, and, Notre that, Dame. And, and Notre with, Dame took us off the schedule, so let's just talk about that too. And with that one harder game, 
Ohio State in offensive production only loses to Michigan by points allowed. But you want to talk about McCord and how he's performed over J.J. McCord has 500 more yards of production than J.J. does. McCord this season has 2,899 yards passing. J.J. has 2,325 yards in passing. Corum barely, barely beats out Henderson. And Henderson was Mm -hmm. out a couple games. Henderson had 794. Corum had 888 this season. And the best, the number one receivers for both teams, Marvin Harrison, obviously, Molly Wops Wilson in production. How... What, what is what is that exactly? Marvin Harris is 1,093 yards. Wilson is 612. Okay. All right. Now, where, where Michigan beats Ohio State is points allowed per game. What do you think that is, Hunter? Points allowed per game. Um, yeah. I'd say Mich- Michigan's around 24. Actually, they're very low this season. It's nine. Oh, bro, like ten or oh, nine. Oh wait, no, yeah, never, no, yeah. Wait, points allowed on defense. Yeah, points allowed. <laughs> nine or ten. We we've allowed nine or ten a game, and Ohio State okay, has okay. only yeah, allowed right. nine or ten as well. That's fair. Ohio State is at nine point three. Oh wow. Okay. Now we're Michigan mi- was at nine, and yeah. Ohio State at nine point three. Okay. Now, what do you what do you think Michigan as far so in points per game? Where do you think Michigan's at? So that scored points, I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. 24 so to 30? I'd say about no. 28. No? 38.3. That's no, what Michigan scored per game, 38.3? Okay. Yeah, average. So they'll break down the whole score, and then they give yeah. it the average, right? And Ohio State's is 33.6. So it's a five-point difference, and that's why I asked about this. That's why I said the strength of schedule. Because it kind of comes much in different, right? Yeah. Because that because yep. it was a lower scoring game coming the Notre Dame game. Yep. So it is a very close. But like I said, you got like we were talking about, you know, what can McCord do and all that stuff. He's got five hundred more passing yards. You but and and the same and the same phrase though. There are and there's only about a hundred a hundred more rushing yards for Michigan. So where the, the production and offense comes. Can we, can we I, add? I think, can we add Edwards in there? I, is I, Edwards? Did you count for Edwards? With that? Well, I just I did the main running back. I mean, if, I I didn't There's, break down all the running backs. I did I did the number ones, right? I, I'm not going to go through all four receivers this, either. You know well, what I'm I saying? I think it's one A one B for Michigan. That's why I say that. It's not like it's a one and two. It's a one A one B. So Edwards might have actually had some just substantial stats. The stats. Go ahead and check that. I mean, are going to speak in favor of Ohio State because we had all of our starters sitting out by mid third quarter while they were clawing to scratch win game and win games in the fourth quarter. If we wanted to vote, if we wanted to boost JJ's numbers for the Heisman, we could have, but that wasn't what we needed to do. The plan was get up to 30 ish points, only allow seven, take him out by the mid of the third quarter. There was no need to let him keep slinging it, risk injury, and just for the Heisman. So I would okay. say that the player stats are dismissed, and also the fact that. Blake Coleman, Donovan Edwards have split touches. We don't. Maybe it's not 50-50 straight up, but it's definitely a 65-40, 60-40 kind of split. But I mean, it's the stats will speak for Ohio State, but the eye test will say otherwise with the quarterback. I'm not going to debate Marvin Harrison Jr. versus 
Rowan Wilson whatsoever. <laughs> no, there nobody, is no, no, nobody's going to no, do that. No, there is no debate there. If, if we had Marvin Harrison Jr., that boy would have put up some really, really nice numbers. Obviously, he's a top 10. I'm not going to even get into that. But um, the numbers could be different had we actually played every all of our starters from for the rest of those games. Okay. But that benefited from the soft schedule. So that that's what it is. That's what it is. All right. So here's here's another little stat, and here we go with the gambling, right? Because that's what we're talking about, and this is so close. Because we're talking about this from a gambling aspect, right? Because even if even if even if Michigan beats Ohio State and it's only by three, Ohio State wins the the bet, right? So an aspect of this, yep. Ohio State's record is six and four this season against the spread. Do you know what Michigan's is? Probably terrible. I'm go three and seven. No. Three and seven. It's almost dead even with these two teams because it's five and five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even when five bet, and five? No, no, no. Ohio State oh, wait, six wait, and no, four. Michigan, Michigan, yeah, okay. Five, Use your ears. Five and five. Okay. So it, this, does, yeah. this doesn't even this doesn't even help me with betting because I'm like, all right, well, they're both pretty much even. They don't they do and don't cover against the spread. Obviously, with college yeah. football, it's really hard, right? Because uh, with with all that stuff, but the massive lines. It it's it's funny you bring up the. I like, think. It, go ahead. It's funny go ahead, that, it's it's funny that you bring up uh, like how close like all the stats are, and you know like how even keel that is. Um, just because, like, uh, what was it? Uh, recently, I I was watching. Um, I don't know. Anyway. The, the, the fact is, like, they had, like, a, a cast of, like, 12 panelists, and they were talking about how, like, what will be the, the final rankings, you know, like, the top four when it comes out after, the, you know, the season, the regular season's done. And they ha- still had Ohio State and Michigan in the top four. So the way that the public, you know, the, the national media, everything looks at this game is it's so dead even that – Despite like whatever the result will be, like it's it, it the, these two teams will probably end up in the top four again. I mean that's always up for debate, but the the, the fact of the matter is it's it's so close. And I mean that's really the at the end of the day it could go to anyone. That's why I think that the line is so close. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's it. Like I said, this line, I really would have loved to see what the line was at the beginning of the year. I really would because of the way that McCord was producing. It looks like McCord is get is getting his stuff in gear a little bit. Is he this premier quarterback? No. Um, no. Is he a good college quarterback? He's probably a good college quarterback. Is he great? No. Um, but, I mean, even with defenses, what they got, Ohio State's got Eichenberg. I mean, he he's going to get drafted at some point. When that is, maybe next. I don't know. Is he up? Is he senior this year? So is he going to be? Is he is he going out? Yeah, or has I he got he one more senior. year. Yeah, I I did see him. He's uh yeah he's one of candidate up for the draft. It's not the same as old, and I think I, I'm Michigan can run is going to run on Ohio State. I don't passing wise. I think it's going to be kind of even keel. Um, and for the run game, Ohio State only has Henderson. But we're talking about betting here. I'm going to take my pick. Not This isn't a fan. This is my gut feeling. This is looking at things. It's trending up for McCord and Harrison. It's been trending up all season. 
and I don't know if 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 Marvin if Marvin if Marvin Harrison definitely can get going with McCord. I'll take Ohio State plus three and a half. I honestly don't know. After we get done taking our bets and picking our bets here, I'll, I'll we'll talk about outright wins. But with these points, with the three and a half, it's going to be a close game. These numbers are very, very close. It could just come down to a field goal in overtime. Give me Ohio State three and a half. Kurt, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll give um, I'll give the formula for how State wins this game. Um, bending, not breaking on defense. You got to hold Michigan to threes in the red zone, and I believe Ohio State can possibly use Maryland's game plan last week as far as getting the ball out quick, try to negate that pass rush, and that's how we got worked by Tua's little brother last week. He got the ball out quick to his receivers. He played a great game, and our defense got worked. We got we definitely got tested last week, and um, came down to the very last drive. And um, the defense just had a couple. I mean, they had a fumble six, and Mike Sanders still had two interceptions. So the formula for Ohio State is going to be, I think, keeping balance on offense. You cannot have any McCord turnovers. I tell you that right now. No, and. Um, Keeping keeping the ball on the ground, converting first downs, getting the third and manageable, and um, keeping our offense on the sidelines. But if you get into third and long and you let Michigan's pass rush get going, I, I don't know. Um, but I think you got to utilize that quick passing game with Harrison and Iboka. I, I think that's how you say his last name. And um, somewhat keep balance because the past couple of years, the house State did not stay to a running game. They – they were so obsessed with using all these skilled weapon players with the Marvin Harrisons, the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olaves. And um, I think you got to keep some kind of balance here to keep Michigan on their toes a bit. You can't go pass heavy. You cannot. So, you know, and like I said, bending, not breaking on defense, can't allow sixes. And you need a, you need a turnover or two out of J.J. That, that's Ohio State's formula here. Yeah, and if if I if Eichenberg plays like a man on fire, it can happen if they they pressure him enough. Hunter, how does we heard how, how what do you think, Hunter? How does Ohio State win this game? We heard how you said Michigan is going to win this. But what do you think about Ohio State? So I think it it starts with Henderson. It starts with them moving the ball consistently. I think that Curry hit it right in the head that if if Michigan's able to get them to third and eight or longer and pin their ears back and send some heat, I think that's when you see. McCord at least miss throws that he should hit, if not make those air turnovers, because Michigan has shown a lot this this year that they will send a lot of pressure on third and long, and for the most part, it's worked for them. I think that um, going to Kurt's point on Maryland, I think I'll take the at least the more optimistic approach. I think this could have been a blessing in disguise from our, our old offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, who's there now. I think that he might have – maybe he knew something on film or maybe he saw something. I just think the point is we knew from what we've seen before that Ohio State was going to – they can go quick and they've, do, they've done that effectively when Tempo. they've done it. I think that this could have been Gaddis maybe pointing that out more to Michigan and giving them something more to hone in on. I think it could be, it could be something we're looking at and we're saying, well, that's why Michigan lost. Or I think it could be saying, hey, look how they improved off that. 
from last week, and that's how they win the game. But I think that it obviously it starts with Henderson for me and moving the ball to stay out of those third and longs, and you know to be able to not have to throw deep passes because I think that's where Ohio State's offense will find success is the short, quick passing, and then running the ball, and then if they can get Michigan's defense to try to come out to defend that, that's when you would see Marvin Harrison or Mbuka over the top. And uh, so I think that that's why I said earlier, I said this, this game is pretty straightforward. Um, I think that obviously that's the case for Ohio State. And then, you know, same thing for Michigan. They don't do well when they're backed up or in third down, really, especially uh, J.J. looking questionable at least these last couple of weeks. So I think that Michigan, same thing. It's using the running backs effectively. It's staying in front of the markers. And it's, it's really keeping this game as simple and not messy for your quarterback, um, quarterbacks who have shown they can be inconsistent at times. All right. So betting, betting-wise, let's go betting. As, are you guys all on Michigan? Brandon, what do you think as far as betting goes? If, 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 if Ohio State's getting three and a half, so Michigan would have to win, say, 21 to 17 in order for Michigan to win the bet. Right. Um do you think it's that? Do you think it's that off, or do you think uh, it's going to be closer than that? I I think it's I think it's uh probably right on because I mean I do think that it's going to be uh, a touchdown game. To be honest with you, um, I don't think you know historically speaking, uh, it's usually you know never decided by a field goal or it never comes down to anything like that. Um, there's not even much history of this thing going to overtime that often. So, I mean, usually it's always a splash play that uh, ends up, uh, you know, turning the tide for one team or the other. And, I mean, like the last two years, uh, you know, it's been enormous splash plays against uh, the Buckeyes. So um, I think, you know, the the trend's going to be going the same way. And I think uh, – Either way you bet it, you know, like especially if you bet for Michigan, you know, it's it's probably going to go in that favor. All right. So what what do you think? You taking Ohio State with the three points then, or what? What is your final decision for this? Let's hear what what is what what who wins this game on Saturday? Well, I mean, I, I got to go with Ohio State. You know, that's hands down. I mean, you know, call it uh, you know bias or whatever you want to call it, but. Um, yeah, I, I would have to give it to the Buckeyes just based on how they played on the road. Um, I think if as long as we keep uh, JJ in the pocket for the most part, you know, and not use his legs to extend plays, I mean, I think that that's another huge factor that um, you know that that we cannot screw up. So I, I mean, I do have to take Ohio State if the, and and they've done a good job of keeping quarterbacks in pocket. All right, it's good, it's good. There we go. All right, now we're going to move over to Hunter. Hunter, final thoughts on this game. Bet-wise, give me your bet, and then give me your outright. So I think if the line's at three and a half, I think I'd probably play the plus money because I feel like it's either if, – if it's at three and a half, because at three and a half you're getting more – like you're you're keeping the field goal in play, where if I would play Michigan minus three and they win by a field goal, it's a push. So I think that to have the points in your back pocket would be smart. Um, but outright, outright, I'm going Michigan. You know, they got it done the last two years despite the odds. I think that um, it's a healthy game. And now the odds aren't 
exactly injuries. It's everything else that Michigan has had to face lately with uh, all the bullshit with the NCAA and all that. So I think that, um, I don't know, I just think that these, these guys find a way to band together and against all odds to get it done again. I'll take Michigan outright. All right. Now the man who's just been laughing this entire time at all these people, what do you think, Kurt? Give me your bet and then give me your outright. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely taking Michigan minus three and a half. Um, it's hard for me not to see them winning with the minus four at least. So that's, I think they cover that. And um, I like Michigan out right here. Um, though I am, I am very concerned with this passing offense in the past two weeks. If we don't have anything of a passing game, you cannot just, you can't just, you can't run the ball every time. You can't do it. Howard State's defense isn't good. They're not, this isn't Penn State. This isn't Maryland. So. No, and that's the beauty of this, right? For both of them. Like, you, you can't, you, you can't take these, like, you can't take either team for being, you no, know, this, dumbed this down. Is, this is the top, this is the cream of the crop here. And, um, I, I just, I, I'm going Michigan outright. I have to. I, I, I'm sticking with my guns. I said at the beginning of the year, I'm not going to back off now, though I, there's questions, but um, they will be answered come Saturday afternoon. All right. Well, I gave you guys my bet a little bit ago. Um, as far as outright goes, I know in college football it could be different. I don't know exactly how it is. Um, as far as Harbaugh getting suspended, is that um, how does that affect the team? Is he allowed to have any communication with the team at all before game or you know during game? Like, is, is I know he's yep. not allowed to be on the field. But is he allowed he's to allowed like? To, he's allowed to do everything besides coach the game on Saturday. Okay, so he can be on he can be on my man's phone in his ear, just be like, "Hey, have 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 a, have your have your uh, Apple AirPod underneath your headphone there." And, and <laughs> Brandon, the I, Brandon, I see you making yeah. I see you making some faces. What do you think about that NCAA ruling? Because I couldn't believe it myself. Uh, honestly, I couldn't either. Just to, just to suspend him like that, and then <laughs> just to suspend him like that, and then be like, but. You can do this, 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 and this, just not this. Yeah, and that and that's it right there. The, the, I, the, I thought it made no sense. The, the, I thought it made no sense. No, the, the the whole part that he could basically be like on a Zoom call, like on a tripod, like going up and down the field, basically, you know, like on a monitor. And I'm like, I mean, he might as well be there, you know, like what's <laughs> the point of this? You know, like literally – you know, like just see Harbaugh on a TV screen going back and forth down the sideline, Michigan sideline. I mean, that's no. basically what they're well, saying. I'm not even that. You're going to see an assistant coach with a selfie stick. Is you know just a selfie stick? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Oh my god! Yeah. So I mean, I truly believe like they just should have just let this go. Like just let him be there. You know, figure the whole thing out. You know, and and rule on it in the off season or something, because I mean, obviously there's a whole lot to iron out the yeah. details. So why? It's just another case of the NCAA, you know, completely screwing up um, the the whole situation. Yes, yeah, you, you get sexual allegations on another coach, and he's allowed to freaking. <laughs> 
practice. Yeah. He's allowed to be in games and stuff for half of a season. But oh, right. well, Harbaugh stealing signs. We got to get, get him out there now. We get get yeah, him out of there yeah. now. <laughs> we got to crack down just, on this. Just the quickness of that ruling, you could just tell it was going to be bad. Yeah. Just how yeah. quick they came out with everything, you knew it was going to be a crap ruling either way. However, they did it. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. So with 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 that said, I. I don't know if it's a distraction to the team, but it probably doesn't help. You know, I'm just trying to think of it, just things. So it doesn't help. Um, but the thing is, is like it kind of evens out because Ryan Day doesn't show up in big moments either. So uh, I, I hate to say it. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, Brandon, can ooh, you agree? Hold on, with, I mean, hold, hold, on, on, hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Brandon, Go ahead, Hunter. I have to ask you. I have to ask you. Yeah. If Ohio State were to lose this game, yeah. does Ryan Day get fired? <sighs> It depends on what he does in the playoffs. If they yeah. make the playoffs, because right now, even he, if Ohio State loses, they're projecting them to be in the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that they're not going to fire the head coach. You know, being like, because like I said earlier, they they want them to be in that top four still. They're not going to fire Ryan Day just the same way they didn't hi- fire Harbaugh over in Michigan when he was losing Ohio State. So you don't think that the, that the recent just the turn in the tide won't affect the fans to maybe push the school over the edge a little bit? I mean, that's always a factor. I mean, uh, these two schools, it's always a factor to push them out of there because, you know, I mean, I would say that Ohio State and Michigan has one of the biggest fan bases in the country, to be honest with you, because, uh, I mean. Yeah, and passionate, and and, and passionate, yeah. that's for sure. It, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a historic uh, rivalry, and. I mean, I remember meeting people in California when I was out there, you know, during the game, uh, the game, and, uh, you know, they, they were just as passionate as we are. So Finding people to talk about it still all the way out there, huh? Yeah. That's what, that's what I think is so crazy about it and why, I mean, even not even being a Michigan fan, but just why from an outside perspective, you can't even call any rivalry even close because no. literally from – from one end of the U.S. to, to the coast. other, like you, you could you'll find somebody in Michigan gear or Ohio State gear, and you you'll strike up a conversation, and you just don't see that ever, everywhere like you do with either of the schools. I totally agree with that. To your point, Hunter, because I, I was really interested in that. He, Brandon's right. I don't. I don't think they fire him. I honestly depend. I I think it depends on performance. Like if he took because. I think last year Ryan Day choked the game away. The play, his play calling is, is yeah. a lot of the reason why Ohio State lost that game. Um, hmm. His play calling is a is lot of the reason. Plays? He still call plays. I don't. I don't know that Brandon might know. Mm. Uh, I don't. Maybe like like a fifty fifty, but most majority yes. Okay. And, and I think that's why they lost to Georgia as well. His play calling was subpar. Mm. So. Yeah. I, I, it's it's all going to depend on how that goes because it wouldn't be necessarily firing him because hey you lost to Michigan it's 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 how you do it right mm. like it's, it's like if you lose in a tight close game but you called an immaculate game and there's just it was just a matter of Michigan had the ball last that's there's nothing Ryan Day can do about that um, right so I, that's that's what I would I would think so uh, with 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 Harbaugh being a distraction a little bit and I think with I think this is where McCord and Marvin Harrison are are peaking. They're peaking. They they keep getting better and better with each game. They that chemistry is building and stuff like that. And and so you got Harrison lighting it up, and then and Buka, um, did I say his name? 
Uh, is that yeah. his name? Yeah, right? that's good. Yep. <laughs> I hate his name. Um, <laughs> I I just I th- I haven't seen Michigan's defense did well with Maryland, but it was still really close. And I don't know if they can handle Nbuka and Harrison and Henderson. If there wasn't a Harrison on the field on Saturday, heavy edge to Michigan. But yep, it's just I, think I agree with that. For sure, Harrison single-handedly almost brings that um, the entire edge back or the edge factor to Ohio State because I think it'd be a really one-dimensional, simple game plan for Michigan if you didn't have to account for Henderson and Harrison. Right. But accounting for both, how do you stack the box and play coverage? Can't do Can't. it. So. You have to pick one. And, be and honest, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I I got to double, double, triple Harris, Harrison and trust that my front four can – can stop Henderson. And that's what I, mean, I think, especially with how good Michigan's, because that's where their front has been good, or the best in the defense has been Michigan's front. That's what I think that the that the game plan will be is we got to take Harrison out of it, and if a running back gases us, then we live yeah. with the consequences. We live with Ohio, the consequences. Ohio State's offensive line is going to be the best offensive line that they played all season. So yeah, I I don't know if I can say that though, because Penn State has been rivaling for offensive line of the year, and that's that's not even just me. That's a uh, yeah, a lot I guess. Of people saying that. that that quarterback makes it look worse, though. True. Awesome. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ohio State. I I think I think revenge. Michigan not having a coach and the fact that they had there's. I know we got to guard. I know that Ohio State has to deal with Blake Corum, but that's kind of almost it. You kind of got to stop that run game. The receivers are okay, but they're not Marvis and Harrison, and they're not Mbuka. So it may turn into a game where Michigan's got to go punch for punch with Ohio State, and I don't know if they can do that without a coach. And we'll we'll see, but I'm going to go Ohio State on this Saturday. But very close game. I know some of you guys, a couple of you guys, uh, I know Brandon said maybe seven points, um, and Kurt said Michigan may win handily. I think this is a very close game. I think the rivalry, it's always been there, but like there have been some games where, I'm, I'm going to be honest, as an Ohio State fan over the last 15 years, I – really didn't sweat the Michigan game. There was a couple of times where I was like, the, uh, like the J.K. Dobbins game, like where there was like, what, triple or quadruple overtime that year. But like yeah. when you guys had um, Denard, I never I never was afraid of Denard Robinson. I was like, this is going to be, yeah, there, I'm not, I'm no all right with it. To be nervous about it. <laughs> right. And I don't mean any disrespect towards that. There was just a long, no, there was just a long truth. time where like, yeah, where I'm like, oh, we play Michigan. Okay. Like, It'll be all right. It'll be a, a rivalry game, but we'll pull it out in the end. This one, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a dogfight, and it's gonna be fun. <clears throat> I right, see that was that was harmless, right? You two. Oh come on! <laughs> I'm sure we could get. Randy, you sticking worse. around for a while? Uh, you got it. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I got no. It, yeah, so. I got a little bit. Long, I got a little bit of time. All right, so let, let me ask you this then, since it's your team, you're a big Dallas fan. It's a Washington <laughs> plus ten and a half. I want to just get your opinion on it real quick. Does, does Dallas cover that? Do they do they score 11, 11 or plus points? Because I know Washington occasionally likes to give you guys fits. <laughs> um, yeah, like from everything I'm hearing now, um, you know, I, I I definitely think that they're going to cover that. I'm hearing that McLaurin, he's uh, extremely unhappy with uh, the game planning over there, uh, despite Howell just leading the league in, uh, in passing yards and, and, and little things like that. You know, he's still not protecting the ball that well. Um, 
you know, Washington's, you know, just selling away pieces of that defense. So they're in, uh, plays a huge factor that we don't have to worry about that defensive line as much. So I guess it's all dependent on, uh, you know, like Dak's shown that he can use his legs again and, you know, that he's comfortable despite having a right tackle right now that obviously doesn't have his legs under him. So that that's definitely a problem, but Dak has uh, navigated around it. And um, I think uh, with the way C.D. Lamb is playing right now, like he can at any time just take that ball and I mean he can he can travel at least like 15 20 yards down the field if if they let him and I I just I don't fear uh, Washington's defense nearly as badly and I think um, Tony Pollard's starting to finally get his legs under him as well um, he's he still doesn't look as quick as he should be but you know I mean after having the devastating injury like he did I mean it makes sense so. But I mean, I feel good about the the points in Dallas covering. Okay, let me ask you this because I, I threw this question out to Hunter and Kurt. Is <laughs> you know because you'll have a you'll have a hard opinion on it. Is Philadelphia the best team right now in the NFL? Like by a very thin margin, I think um, the way that they're winning, okay. it's very it's very interesting. Like the way that they're winning is like, I don't know. I turn my head some days and I'm like, like last night, like, you know, in that, that Chiefs game, you know, I went to uh, bed thinking, you know, cause I didn't watch the second half, but, uh, you know, I went to bed thinking, okay, Mahomes is probably going to hang at least like two more touchdowns on him. You know, he's, he's going to keep it interesting. They're at, you know, home. So this shouldn't be a problem for Mahomes and the Chiefs. And then when I wake up and see that they had literally almost no offensive production, you know, it, it shows that that defensive line is legit, you know, that they can contain uh, any quarterback in the league. Um, I think that that's, you know, the deciding factor in how the Eagles are winning right now. Because, I mean, even Jalen Hurts, you know, he hasn't played, like, horribly. But, you know, he's just kind of hanging around in there. And, you know, whenever he has an open Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown, I mean, I, he, you know, they take it up the field, run the ball with uh, Jalen or, or Swift, and, and that's that's really how they're scoring points. And, I mean, because even A.J. has shown that, you know, if you double cover him, he, he can be contained. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one of the things. It's like, okay, are you going to get beat by A.J. or are you going to get beat by that running game? So I think that they're figuring out ways to win – by the smallest of margins and you know winning's winning so i have to give it to them yeah they probably are the best uh, team in the league right now that is probably the best answer even from any fan because these guys told me no these guys said they're hmm. not the best team in the league and i get a lot of that from people and i could see why people would think that but then i asked i asked quite this question if not them then who and why Right. And so they like they said yeah. Baltimore and I said, well, Lamar Jackson's better than Hertz. Well, Hertz has more rushing touchdowns. I mean, I have more picks, but, mm-hmm. you know, A.J. Brown has 1500 yards and in, in week 11. So, mm-hmm. there's, you know, that's coming from Jalen Hurts and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, just stuff like that. And I get that from a lot of other fans throughout the NFL. If not the Eagles, then who? And then tell me why, because I can tell you 
other than a nine and one record, I can point out stats and stuff like that. So it was very interesting that it came from a Dallas fan that actually said yes. <laughs> yes, that's, I mean, it's going to be a, a cool division. Uh, yeah. Like the, uh, I, I think I don't know if if Philly can get out of this gauntlet. Philly might just take the division by default because after this little mm-hmm. bit of a gauntlet, the Eagles got the Giants twice in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. So depending on what this is, if, if and especially if if this, I know that I think the hardest team on your guys' schedule left is Seattle. Correct? Oh no, they play no. Detroit too. We, we got Detroit. We no. have they got Seattle. They got a Miami. We have Miami in Buffalo and um, uh, or I'm sorry, Miami oh, and Buffalo, okay. and then uh, we've we've got one other. Oh, the Eagles, of course. So we got Eagles again, oh, yeah. sandwiched so, in all so those no more part, all those games, all those games sandwiched in between uh, the Commanders. So okay, and the and the Commanders give you guys fit, so that's interesting. But uh. Just got some time. We're going to move through some. I was. I just wanted to hit you with that question because I hit them with them. Uh, with that, I hit the same. Yeah. I hit them with the same question. So it was quite. It was right. interesting. Uh, but yeah, we, usually what we do is we do like our favorite teams and local teams in prime time, and we hit through half of them. So we're actually on Cleveland and the Denver game because they're local. So mm-hmm. we like to talk about them because a lot of our listeners are are local. Um, and Cleveland is a plus two and a half underdog against the Denver Broncos, who are on a roll. The D- Denver looks like they're putting it together. So is it? Do they come back down to what they used to be, or are they progressing? And this is who they're going to be. Um, so, what, what is your guys' opinion on that, Kurt? Yeah, you know, um, Denver, like you said, has been like a five-game winning streak. Cleveland with a, um, a win last week, game-winning field goal, um, so got the job done. Rookie quarterback. Um, this is going to be a very defensive, low-scoring game. Since uh, Denver got shredded by Miami, they over the past five weeks, they've been quietly one of the best defenses. I don't expect a lot of points here, but I'm going to roll with Cleveland plus two and a half. Russell Wilson's actually been surprisingly playing well, but they've won a lot of these games with some magic and just very close. I think this is probably a close some ball accidents. game, but I'm – yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna roll with Cleveland plus two and a half. I, I I don't know if they I don't know who wins this game, but I like Cleveland with the two and a half for sure. Hunter, what do you think, man? I'm looking for Wait. oh, it's in Denver. That's uh, that's interesting. I, that's what I'm I said. For, well, Cleveland, I saw that, but I saw Cleveland is only they only got one loss from home, so that would have changed my answer. But I think uh, I don't. DTR hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet. That's uh, interesting. I know he just got the starting job, but he played early in the season, and for him not to have a touchdown pass is crazy. But Denver's playing well. Russell's really turned it back on. 19-4 and is pretty damn good for what I thought we were going to get out of him. Um, But mm, I'm going to go Denver. I'll go Denver minus 2.5. Okay, okay. And I'm also two and a half with Cleveland with Kurt. Um, I I don't know until Denver can keep proving it to me. Um, that you know that that Cleveland defense is going to be nasty for Russell Russell Wilson. So yes. we'll see what happens there. Uh, Brandon, what's your opinion or thoughts on the Cleveland Denver game? Super tight. I mean, that game is going to be like thin. I mean, it could go any way. So it's definitely going to I think come down to a field goal. Like. A lot of Cleveland's games have. Um, 
I think uh, the biggest thing being uh, can Cleveland put it together on offense enough to, you know, get past that defense. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have much confidence in either offense, but I mean, I guess Russ, has, like you said, has been uh, slowly starting to figure it out for with that offense. Um I, so I would probably say in that game, because uh, uh, the Broncos are at home there, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, being that it's yep. at home, I'd probably take the Broncos, uh, you know, to take the win. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. But it would it's going to come down to a field goal. All right, all right. Um Real quick too, Brandon, because uh, I, I don't know how long you got, but I wanted because it's local too. What do you think about the Detroit, uh, the Green Bay? Because that's also the same day as your uh, Thanksgiving game, and it's right. uh, seven and a half point, or yeah, seven and a half point line against Green Bay. And Hunter brought up an interesting point. Detroit has not. How long has it been since they've won a game on Thanksgiving? Twenty sixteen. Mm. Wow, seven years, <laughs> seven L straight. Right. I had, I oh, did six, not ten. know that. I I'm I mean obviously I'm going to lean towards yeah. the the favorite um, but I don't know if they cover just because based on their last performance against the Bears like that was a little surprising to me that they could be so inconsistent at times but yet you know they they they're kind of winning at times like the Eagles are they're they're just fi- figuring out a way to win so you know in the NFL, it's any given Sunday. So, I mean, at any point, the team that's, uh, you know, <laughs> with one win can come out and, and beat you. So I would have to say that, you know, Detroit uh, probably doesn't cover in that game. But, I mean, yeah, I, I like the uh, the Lions in the game to break that streak. Guys. Six and yeah, 17 they, all time on Thanksgiving of the Lions. Six and 17. Yeah, which is nuts, but those are some those are some bad Lion teams in there, and this is a really yeah. good Lions team, like you said. As far as winning goes, the Lions are going to win this game by eight points. I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think Green Bay will come a little harder. It's getting towards the end of the year, and you know they want to kind of try to prove something, save some jobs. We're getting mm. to that mid, you know, that late mid to late end of the season here. So yeah, that's that's definitely going to be that. But we're uh, we got a couple more games. So New Orleans Hunters team. Is that Atlanta? They're a one and a half point underdog. I don't know why. I know Atlanta's kind of tough at home a little bit because they're they're winning really weird close games against bad teams. <laughs> but I still think that New Orleans has more weapons, so I'm taking New Orleans plus one and a half. Is Famous playing? Anybody know? Is Famous playing? I don't know if Derek Famous? Carr is yeah. playing. I don't know if Derek Carr is playing. I don't think he is. No. Thank God, Famous. <laughs> Give me famous. Yeah. Give me famous. It's famous. But Woo. I mean between between Kamara and his running, I mean, yeah. you know, like you said James Wilson. It looks like running. um Derek Carr's dealing with a concussion. Oh, thank God. He, what do you do? Hit his head too hard when he's putting on his eyeliner? Not, not thank God that he's hurt. Thank God that he's not playing for the football and, team uh, right now. I hope he has a great <laughs> speedy recovery on his concussion. And Michael Thomas is out as well. 
Paul Kendall Thomas is always Brad, like, can we, can he, he should just retire. Crash, Tony, Tony, let's talk. Tony, hey. let's talk about that bum. Let's talk about that bum, Tony. Why is he always out? Why is he always hurt? He's played every game this Why year. Why is he always I'm hurt, not, I'm Tony? Not, I'm not defending or I'm not anyone signing this one, but. Uh, well, is Tony, it because he Brandon, played for Ohio Tony. State? I don't know. Yeah. What does that mean? I, I, Soft. I just don't think he's happy in New Orleans. And uh, to be honest with you. Like, oh, I've heard that for four years now. Why have you left? Why have you left that? I've heard that for four years. I guess New Orleans is really <laughs> sticking it to him then. <laughs> That's the only thing I can come up with. Uh, he's, I mean, I, I don't understand how you light up the, the league. <laughs> you light up the league one year and then, yeah, I mean, you just have three years of <sighs> mediocrity and, and just, oh, my you leg breathe, hurts. Though. You know, I can't play today. Man, right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's missing Drew Brees, that's for sure. So, are we? Con- what are we thinking, Kurt? Oh man, this is this is weird, man. These are two very inconsistent teams, week to week. I don't know. Oh, what yeah, to they expect are. With, yeah, they are. I don't know what to expect with either team. Um, it looks like this is. It look, yeah, this is the first time they're playing this year, so they haven't played yet. I don't know what to make of Jameis Winston versus Taylor Heineke. I'm probably going to go with Falcons plus one and a half because I don't know what to think with the Saints, but I, this is a weird one. This is a weird one. I'll roll with the yeah. Falcons are minus. This, this is how I feel. Minus. This, yeah, this is this is how okay. I feel about the Pittsburgh Cincinnati. I feel I feel the I feel the same way. Then I'm going to go with the Saints plus one and a half because I feel like you're more likely that way rather than the Falcons definitely winning. By at least two, so I'll go with the Saints. Okay. I'm and Brandon. What yeah, do you think? I have to say, I mean, this, if uh, Atlanta would actually get their uh, SHIT together and uh, use Bijan the way that he's supposed to be used, and use Kyle Pitts the way he's supposed to be used, oh my and God, dude. London the way he's Run. supposed to be Kyle, used. Kyle Pitts is a crime. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is a crime. He's being held hostage. Yes. He's being held hostage. It's a crime. It is. carries in the red zone. That is unbelievable <laughs> it's a to crime. me. I, I, I'm a frustrated Bijan Robinson owner in fantasy. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. First I yes. die, yeah, yeah, yes. I bet. I stayed away. What are we doing? I stayed awake and I thought about it. What are we I doing? Thought about it. I, I was I, like, he's good, but it's, but it's Atlanta, so. Arthur Smith. Yes. Can't trust him. Totally. Like, can't smoke. trust him. How in the world this guy has between like 12 and, and 13 touches most games is beyond me. Like, he's getting, he's getting production or volume like a, a, a second running back would. And there's nobody else that can even touch him. And I mean, he's just such so, such a dynamic player, a first rounder. You need to get him the ball. I mean, they would they would be probably in the conversation for one of the higher seeds right now if uh, they just got him and Pitts the ball. Even London. So I I mean based on all that I would Sorry. have to say that Ritter's probably going to screw it up and the Saints will probably cover easily. Oh, I'm sorry. He, I'm they, they're sure they're plus one. So I'm going to say I, that I, yeah. Unless they switched. Yeah, I, I I take the Saints plus one definitely. 
And they're both they're both coming off of a bye week last week too, so who knows? Now, who knows? And don't right. forget, like this league is this league is crazy and we hit we hit two pushes last week because of one point. So yeah, this it's mm. it's very likely it could be come down to that. Um for sure. Let's uh so the next one, the four twenty five the four twenty five game we got coming up. Um is is it is it Jack Allen? Or is it Josh Allen that's coming into Philadelphia next week at 425? Philadelphia is a standard uh, home handicap at three and a half right now. Um, I've been telling you guys all season, at the beginning of the season, I don't fear Buffalo. I never feared Buffalo because we've owned Buffalo the last few years. And, you, you know, Patrick Mahomes going to escape the Eagles' D-line. You think, you think Jack Allen is going to do it? I don't think so. There's only one weapon that the Eagles have to worry about on that field, and that's Diggs. I don't. I, I maybe Josh Allen runs a little bit, but I'm not afraid of a mobile quarterback. We didn't have a hard time with Tua. I mean, Pat Mahomes did his thing, but he's fucking Pat Mahomes. So, you know, like, yeah, there, I'm not gonna, play, I'm not gonna I'm take that. That play he made where he stiffed arm Fletcher Cox down the sideline. I was like, what do you do there? I don't even know how you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's nothing you crazy. can do. <laughs> what do you do there, man? I was like. That's just that's that's just Mahomes, man. Um, um, I would buy. I would honestly buy points here. Um, I'm just gonna straight up give my my opinion here. I'm not. I'm not. I I think Buffalo is is on a downtrend. I know that they just switched their OC. That's gonna cause some chaos. I I know Josh Allen performed a little bit better, but that was against a division opponent. It was it was the Jets last week, right? Yeah. My who did they play last week? Yep. Yeah. So division opponent who and it's a, not a very good good quarterback there that Buffalo's got to worry about. Um, and they, their safety down. I Give me the Eagles at least minus five. Yeah, I, I would definitely, I'm definitely going to take Philly minus three and a half here. They're at home. Josh Allen had a great game last week. Um, Buffalo honestly just played a, probably their best game. They play in a hot minute, to be honest with you. Um, I still just don't – I don't like how they just rely so much on Josh. They just – Don Kincaid's been coming alive a little bit, so that's kind of their second guy they go to. But um, their offensive line isn't ready for Philly's pass rush and um, too many injuries on Buffalo's defense. So I and, will – I'm sorry. Is that – I was going to oh, mention um, – I was going to mention one quick thing. Uh, the, this is the second game that the Eagle – this is – the only game the Eagles have are going to play where they've started the same defensive backfield. Every every it's been nine wow. different defensive backfields up until yeah. this point. So this is the first time that they're starting the same backfield that they did the week back-to-back prior. Weeks. Yeah, it's hard to build mm-hmm. any communicate. So many communication errors and miscommunications happen when you're out together. So that'll probably start to get cleaned up. But um, yeah, I, I like Philadelphia with minus three and a half. I don't know if Josh has a clean game like last week where he's not pressed into uh, turnovers, but this week I I would expect that to change. I think he'll probably give him at least one, maybe two. Right, and even w- even with Buffalo's defense, I mean Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and on Philadelphia's side you got DeAndre Swift, you got Devontae Smith, you got um, uh, AJ Brown, all at home. You know, it's at yep. it's in Philly. If it was in Philly, I wouldn't say plus five if it was in Buffalo, but it's in Philly. I got I got no qualms, and it's and it's Kelly it's Kelly Green night. Last remember the, the see I was I, I was beating my chest the last Ooh, time it was Kelly, Kelly Green, Green night. Remember yeah it was Kelly yep. Green night. Remember the Dolphins? I said by seven. 
And I was, yeah, so I'm going by five at yeah. least here. Buffalo's got a little bit better of a defense than uh, Miami did at the time. So what do you think, Hunter? Yep, I'm going to stay you guys away. Philly minus three and a half. I just feel like I know they're home and it should be a standard line, but just how the Bills are playing, I just I have no faith in them. And then Josh or Jack or whatever you want to call them is going to have to do a lot more than look half decent against a division rival to get me back on his squad or on his wagon. So I think that at three and a half, it's good value. And I just, I can't put my stock into the Bills right now. I'll take the Eagles. So you gotta, you guys gotta, you gotta, before we get to Brandon, you gotta tell him why we changed his name. Uh, why, why Josh Allen is Jack Allen. It went from Joe, it went from Josh Allen to Joe Allen to Jack Allen. He just, he turned the ball over more than anybody. And I think, I mean, I'll be the first one to say that Dak Prescott got so much flack for all his interceptions, and then um, thank Josh you. turned around we, and we, does all this. And we, we everybody <laughs> overlooked Josh because of the talent and top three, top four quarterback talent. But the fact remained that he has the most turnovers since he's entered the league, whether it be interceptions, fumbles, whatever. He yeah. just every game he gives it away. Mm-hmm. And so we take we changed his name to Joe Allen in memory of Joe Flacco, and then it went to a mixture of Jack and Dak because the whole turnover thing. But now it's just Allen. <laughs> it's just Allen. <laughs> Pretty soon it's going to be that guy in Buffalo. So what do you think yeah. about this game, Brandon? I mean, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that the you know the line's not a bit higher in favor of the Eagles being at home and the fact that. Buffalo is so inconsistent. Um, I mean, I guess they kind of showed some life last week, but like you were saying, it's a, a division rival. And I mean, they've had plenty of opportunities to figure out the Jets defense. So they were out able to manage out the win. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles, that defensive line is going to just eat into Josh Allen and it's going to cause many turnovers. I mean, I'm at least two. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe like 14. Who knows? Maybe I'd say probably the safe bet is probably 10. All right. 10. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just saying I have that much faith in uh, what they've been doing lately and I don't have any faith in Buffalo. Listen, I, th- I think the only reason why my number isn't high is because they did go to Kansas City and that was still a hard fought game. Like it's like I'm not. It's not like going to Seattle and then coming back, but still it was like they got. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody says or what the players say. Both teams wanted to win that game. They wanted to win that game. I and I can tell because Jalen Hurts after the game had the most emotion I've ever heard out of him after a game. Mm-hmm. You can just hear it in his voice. So there's a lot of energy expelled, a lot of excitement, and they ended up winning. Um, but then again, I've been wrong about this team all season. I'm like, I, you know, I, I think that they're going to win by, I, except for Miami. I mean, I've covered, a, I, I picked them a lot, but it's just, like you said, they win in weird ways. And I, I made the comparison like Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were like Muhammad Ali. Like they're smooth, they're artistic, they're really fluent. And I said, Philly came in and won that game like they're Joe Frazier, unorthodox and, messy and different and you know just weird 
So, and that's how they're going to, that's, that's how they're going to win games this year. So they could really win by 10 points. I mean, it's, it's not a primetime game, but it's a nice 425 game with the Kelly green Jersey. So the fans are going to be amped up and well lubricated and uh, giving the bills the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to head, we're going to head over to Kurt's division and uh, Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite against the LA chargers. The LA chargers stink on defense um, and I think the Baltimore defense is really good and probably, I mean, they can, I'm pretty sure they can handle the chargers and whatever they throw at them. So I'm taking Baltimore with a three and a half points. Yeah. I'd be real curious to see, um, how this passing offense would look if they needed to throw the ball, but I expect this to be a heavy run game for Baltimore. The chargers defense isn't very good. Um, Khalil Max really the only guy they have there on that front line because Joey Boza, I think, suffered a major injury on Sunday, so that's a big loss for them. Um, I'm going to ride a ball where minus three and a half, and uh, their defense is right up there with one of the league's best as well, so Herbert is going to have his work cut out for him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's probably playing with some injury that we don't know about. He's got yes. broken fingers, broken toes. Broken femur, probably. Shoot, he said, dude, my man gets beat up. Uh, yes. What do you think, uh, Hunter? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Baltimore, they could be kind of reeling without Mark Andrews. I think we'll really get to see how Lamar looks. It's a good test against the Chargers, who obviously, as I mentioned, not the best defense. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe this could be a bounce back for the Chargers, but... I'll take the Ravens minus three and a half. But don't you a bounce back at this point? If I'm the Chargers, don't you tank and maybe you get that Marvin Harrison to add you know, to Austin Eckler because at four and could, six, you you might you you probably start thinking about it, especially because you know that team's not competing with well, any of the best right now on either side of the conference. So it's like you really got to think like they're gonna be a eight or seven seven to nine win team, maybe barely make make the playoffs, maybe barely miss. And then you're still in that same cycle of picking around 15 and not really getting too much better, just adding different pieces that you really just keep missing on as uh, when they picked in that middle of the first round. And I think they could really benefit from a top pick, especially <laughs> if you could add Marvin Harrison to that offense. Yeah, I don't know if Keenan Allen stays, but we gotta, we can't, we got to remember he's getting up there now. Keenan Allen. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still putting he's out some nice be, production, he's, but he's, he's got to be about done. He, he's yeah. been the league for the miles are getting 10-ish, up there on him. Ten-ish, eleven-ish years, yeah. I, and it, like half of the, but see, he's lucky because half of that he was hurt. Like he was always yep. hurt when he played with Philip Rivers, so he probably like got a, yeah. a lot of resting on his body. So that's probably why he's able to produce still so much for a receiver. Yeah, uh, Brandon. Brandon, what do you think about this game? Uh, honestly, I believe. Uh, you know, it's going to be close, but the thing that's the big thing, the Chargers find ways to lose games. And that's been their whole story mm-hmm. the entire season. Like, Herbert could be great. He could be wonderful. Keenan Allen, I mean, all those guys balling out. And they have so many weapons and offense and defense. But yet, I firmly believe that it's a coaching issue. And Brandon Staley, that's a guy that I, I – I just don't know if he's the right guy to lead Fired. that organization. Yeah, I think it's coming. It only takes a couple more losses, he's, and I think he's he's the Brian he's Kelly of, of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it, it it does seem that way, doesn't it? But yeah, I, I gotta I gotta go uh, with the Ravens. They're the better team. 
How you keep him after a twenty-seven to three blown lead is beyond me. Uh, they're not. There's no way if 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 they don't if they win one more game, he's fired. If he he's got to at least um, he's got to at least win six games to like save his job. Yeah, <laughs> but, at least. Uh, speaking of saving jobs, yeah. Speaking of saving jobs, well, we're gonna head over to Justin Fields of Chicago going into Minnesota, uh, who played a very close game uh, the other night. Josh Dobbs looks like he's gonna fill in decently for for Kirk Cousins, especially when uh, Jefferson comes back. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. Jeff- Jefferson is probably not gonna come back until after the bye week. Uh, Minnesota is a three and a half point favorite at home against the Chicago Bears. And I got Minnesota covering the three and a half. I know I took Josh Dobbs, but last week, but uh, they were away last week, right? Were they home or were they? Were they? Uh, they were on the road. I have Denver. Yes, they were. Yep, you're right. And so I give them the benefit of the doubt at home, and I give them the three and a half points. I mean, they only lost by one to to a uh, climbing climbing the mountain Denver team. So yeah, I don't. I don't like nothing about Chicago. I don't think that defense is worth much of anything. And, I mean, people have been starting to bash Justin Fields. I can kind of see it, but I just don't think that they have enough pieces or a real genuine offense to say, man, Justin Fields is so terrible. I don't think he looked the best. And I'm certainly not mad at Bears fans burning his jersey already because that was just comical. Uh, But I think that that team's just not good and – Minnesota, where I thought they would fall off without Kirk Cousins, they picked up Dobbs and really just kept the trend moving. I don't know how well that that will succeed, but I think against the Bears and a regular line, I'll take the Vikings minus three and a half. Um, I'm going to go the opposite way here. I'm going to go Chicago plus three and a half. Will they win the game? No, but for me, this is just how it's been with the past month, man, all these close games. Um, it's a division game. A lot of familiarity here. Fields coming back definitely helps them. I'm probably gonna go. I'm going Chicago plus three and a half, but they won't win. But like like I just mentioned, all these games have been so close the past month. I think this is just one of those weird games. And what do you think, Brandon? Josh Dobbs or Justin Fields? I mean, I like my guy Justin Fields. Um, I don't think they're protecting him over there very much. I think that's why his performance is so lackluster. And having DJ Moore um, as a, a chess piece over there, I mean, that's that should be huge. But, I mean, when you can't protect your quarterback, I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, I like Dobbs. I like how he's been moving around the league and doing his thing. I like what he's got over there. Um I mean, he's obviously not going to have Justin Jefferson back, but Addison's been producing. That running ba- running game is starting to come along, and uh, Hawkinson's a beast. So I would say I'd take Minnesota for sure. Uh, Thanksgiving's in a couple days. And obviously, thank you guys for hanging in for the podcast the last this whole football season. Appreciate it. Um, and, you know, we'll, I'll be seeing you at dinner, Kurt. Right? You guys – are, are you guys a uh, turkey, uh, big turkey guys? Yes or no? Yeah. Not a big turkey guy, but I, I like meat, so yes. I'll take a little bit. I'll take a little bit of the turkeys. That's it. I'm a big. I'm some. a big. Um, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big sweet potato casserole. Ham, ham oh, over um, turkey though. 
Yep, ham over turkey, a hundred percent. More flavor, honey ham. Come on, honey ham over come, come, dry come bland Tur- turkey. Right. Fucking my, even if they make it a turkey, turkey sandwich. Just... Yeah. So, so Brandon just hit me up. He said, hey, he said, thank you guys for letting him hang on. It was fun hanging out with you guys. So he says, uh, you know, thanks for having him and not giving him too hard yes, of a time on the, sure. on the podcast. So oh, yeah. I just wanted to, wanted to relay that to you. Yeah, and, make um, sure you let him know. It was a good time talking to him. And I think he's, uh, he's, a, he's, one, of the, he's one of the decent ones over there. So Yeah, maybe he was just behaving himself. We don't really know, right? Hey, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe he's obnoxious. But yeah, uh, I definitely. But yeah, no. Like I was saying, I enjoy the pumpkin pie and I enjoy the uh, sweet potato casserole. And yes, if you enjoyed this episode, wow, you just stepped on my outro, bro. Okay, let's do this. So, so I like my sweet potato pie and I like my pumpkin pie. And if you liked this episode of the Shekel Up Podcast, please go like and subscribe and go download the episodes on Apple Music. We appreciate that very much, and we appreciate the reviews. I read them. There are some not so nice ones on there, some very nice ones on there. So we appreciate it. Um, go ahead and follow us all on our social media, like Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Maybe some Instagram stuff on there. We'll see. Um, you can go ahead and email us if you have any questions, cares, concerns, or complaints. And that's at shuckleuppodcast at gmail.com. Um, I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. I hope Kurt has a great Thanksgiving. I hope Hunter has a great Thanksgiving. And if you really want to have a great Thanksgiving, you can check them out at the Made on Ridgeway podcast and at Inside Enemy Territory. I'm sure that's going to be a hella episode over there. Kurt talking about uh, the firing of Canada, Mr. Canada, on his Blitzburg podcast. Have a great night, everyone. (laughs) 